Columbus, the fan. This is your flagship home for Columbus Crew Soccer. The games, all the conversation, and all the championship bragging rights. This is Inside the Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. And welcome to Inside the Crew. We're glad you're tuned in tonight. A big win Friday night against Cincinnati, 3-2. The final in the second installment of the Hell is Real Derby. Columbus certainly made it exciting. They came out shooting in that first half. Had a, what did we hit, a crossbar? Hit a goal post? Um, and still weren't able to crack the code of the Cincinnati goal until until we got to late in the first half of play. Lucas Zellerayan with four men in the wall in front of him. He'll take this from 23 yards out in the 45th minute. The game's tied 0-0. Can Zellerayan put the home team ahead? He can! It's a goal for Columbus! Good guys go up 1-0, go to the locker room, come back out. Cincinnati comes out with their hair on fire, and they're able to find a couple of goals. Now Columbus is down 2-1, 74th minute. And there are some moments for subs, including Miguel Berry. Matan does a nice job finding Santos near side. Santos with the left-footed shot is saved. Second ball is a goal for Columbus. Miguel Berry all over that rebound from the goalkeeper. And Columbus is now drawn level 2-2 with Cincinnati with just a handful of minutes to go. But that's all right. Miguel Berry just needed 79 seconds to put in his second of the match. Now to Matan on the far side as Columbus takes back over. Matan at the goal line, cuts it back, takes the shot, save. Second ball is a goal for Columbus, Miguel Berry. Miguel Berry with his third career goal, his third career goal against Cincinnati. That's right. They've all come against the blue and orange of the city down south. Unbelievable performance from the crew on Friday night and and great to end the six-game slide and get back into their winning ways. Post-game, Miguel Berry was all smiles in the post-game press conference. I asked him what he was really focused on headed into the match as a substitute. Uh, I'm a striker. I, you know, I, I always want to score goals, and you know, I saw there was opportunities there. He spilled a couple earlier in the game, and I, I knew anytime Pedro Santos goes to shoot, you get your butt in front of the goal because it, it's coming off some, somewhere. It's going in. So, uh, you know, I was, I was ready, and, and it came to me, and I'm glad to put him away. Miguel Berry certainly putting them away, picking up his third MLS goal, and all three of those have been scored against Cincinnati. You'll recall he had the uh, dramatic game-tying goal against Cincinnati earlier in the summer, hoping for more from that young man. He's a delightful guy to talk to. In fact, we continued our conversation with him post-game. Neil Sika asked Miguel what he thought the odds were that half the stadium was headed to the cruise shop to pick up a Miguel Berry uh, jersey. I don't know after tonight. I know there was a shortage for a while, so I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping they restock. But, uh, you know, uh, I... I stole my pick of Azardis jersey myself. Uh, that guy's still my hero, but, you know, it would be nice if a couple people saw some Barry jerseys around. That'd be cool. Well, you lead me into a good question. How important is to get the encouragement from a guy like a Jossie or even a BWP? Jossie's had a lot of success against Cincinnati. Now you're earmarking to put your boots in the Hall of Fame in this rivalry against them. What have you learned from those guys in terms of your preparation? Because you've had to show resiliency going to the USL Championship, coming back, and waiting your turn. Both of those guys are unbelievable professionals, unbelievable human beings. Um, I owe them so much. Uh, I even told Giassi, you know, I, I, I've never scored a goal with my stomach. Um, and I think, you know, tonight might be the first one, but I'll take it. And, and you know, that's, that's honestly, as crazy as it sounds, it's something I learned from him. You know, you just put the ball in the net however you can. Uh, he does it better than anyone. I've seen him score with his face, his stomach. His, 
and, and they're all good goals, and, and that's why, honestly, it's, it's such a pleasure to learn from every day. He's such an unbelievable professional, BWP as well. Um, so I'm very privileged. Columbus Crew's Miguel Berry with the two goals on Friday night, as heard in our post-game show from Lower.com Field. Well, I turned to Pedro Santos today at training, or after training, I should say, and I told him that Miguel Berry paid him a nice compliment that uh, Miguel was sitting there on the bench and watching as Pedro was taking shots and realized that when I go in and Pedro's shooting, I have got to be there to clean up the garbage in front of the net. <laughs> uh, I'm happy because, uh, like I said like, uh, before, I always try to 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 pass some experience, try to, to teach some, some of the youngest players, and I'm happy because he's learning something from me. So obviously I'm, I'm proud. Uh, but most I'm, I'm very happy for him because he's a very good kid and he's a very good player. He's learning and, and he's scoring goals, and I'm very happy for him. Pedro also said this afternoon that uh, there's no secret to getting those goals on Friday night. It becomes a numbers game in the box. Once you're down a couple, you've got to get the numbers forward and you have to be taking those cracks at goal. I think we, we put more guys close to the goal. Uh, if we have more guys in, inside the box, we have more chance to score goals. If we just let one guy there... It's hard because they have three, four, five defenders sometimes to against one. So in that uh, in that last 15 minutes, we didn't have nothing to lose because we are losing 2-1 at home. And everybody push high. Everybody try to, to, to score a goal. And I'm happy because we, we scored two. And honestly, when Pedro's happy, everybody's happy. Great stuff from uh, from the team. Our thanks to uh, Eunice Kim and Carlos Mojica for making the interviews available both uh, for tonight's show as well as from Friday night against Cincinnati. All right, so we've got a game this weekend. It's at Orlando Saturday night. The pregame show starts at 7.15, and we'll kick off just after 7.30. We're going to talk to head coach Caleb Porter in the next segment. I want to remind you that you can join us for the 2021 Campiones Cup Match on September 29th. That's the end of the month, obviously, when your MLS Cup champs host Deportivo Cruz Azul of Liga Mex. And uh, you can visit columbuscrew.com for more details and to purchase your tickets to Campione's Cup on September 29th. Looking forward to that one. Downtown at lower.com field. When we come back, we'll talk to head coach Caleb Porter. This is Inside the Crew. And welcome back to Inside the Crew. Hey, don't miss out. Partial season ticket plans are still available for the home games that remain at Lower.com Field. You can get your crew tickets um, for can't-miss matches like Hispanic Heritage Night, Kick Childhood Cancer Night, presented by Vertiv, and a whole lot more. Visit LowerFieldCBus.com to purchase your tickets today. As promised, a visit with head coach Caleb Porter. Coach Porter, I was thinking... um, Really, a, a significant victory for a lot of different reasons on Friday night. Give us a feel for what the locker room felt like and, and what was the vibe from the group as you sent them away for a couple of well-deserved days off before returning to training this week. Yeah, I think when you've been through the month that we've been through, it's very challenging. Um, you have a bunch of competitors and players, staff that you know expect to win, not hope to win, but expect to win and are used to winning. And um, when you're not winning, you know, it's not a good feeling, especially when you're not used to it. I've never gone through a streak like that. There's no blueprint actually for it because we've never gone through it, you know, and uh, it's even tougher when you feel like you're that close. You know, when you look at Chicago, when you look at New York Red Bull, you look at Seattle, 
um, we were so close to getting results and then it didn't come. And typically what happens is the players, uh, when they're not rewarded, they stop doing the things that they need to do to get rewarded. And, and that didn't happen with our group. And that's why I was so proud and pleased that they finally did get rewarded. Um, and that means now guys can breathe a little bit better, feel a little bit more confidence. And yet we're not out of the woods. We, we still have 12 games to go. We've dug a hole and we got to dig our way out one game at a time. Caleb, I know you're notorious for uh, going home from the stadium and watching the game on tape as quickly as you possibly can. Um, tell us from seeing the game again and maybe even the analytics behind um, this, what the staff provided you, what went on in that game that was different from other games? I don't know that it was a lot different, honestly. I just think we got a few more breaks. Um, obviously, you saw the second goal. That was the first real break, bounce, lucky bounce, if you want to call it, that we had gotten in this run. And uh, sometimes you need a little bit of that. Our chance creation was for sure improved. It was one of our highest expected goals, you know, in, in several weeks. Um, obviously, we scored goals and we closed the game out as well, you know, which is what I felt we needed to do better coming off of Seattle. Um, obviously, we had a little bit of a lull where we gave up, you know, a couple goals and moments, but uh, the guys battled back and then we closed the game out. So it was a good performance. We deserved a win. And I thought we finally got what we deserved and it doesn't get any easier. Obviously we're on the road, Orlando. We have Jonah Mensa and Liam Frazier gone on international duty. Uh, we'll get no new players back in, even though we have some guys close. So we're going to, have to plug in a couple new pieces. Um, and Orlando's a good team on the road. They're very athletic, good in transition. And, uh, you know, being on the road, it's going to be a different type of game. So can we claw out a draw, claw out a win? You know, we don't need to win every game from here on out. But can we get a couple results on the, on the road and then win our home games? That'll put us in good shape. Well, it's nice that at this point in the season, you've already had uh, points you've earned in at least half or close to half of your road games. So that's a real positive. Um, you, you set a season high for shots. You talked about the expected goals um, percentage was high for Friday night. What um, contributed to that? Was it the week of training? Was it uh, lineup? Was it spacing or was it the opponent? Well, it's probably a little bit of everything. Yeah, Obviously they're a, they're a team that gives up chances. Um, you know, they're a team, you know, that's given up goals. Um, so for sure that, um, played into the match, uh, the level, you know, of the opponent, but I also think, you know, the training, like you said, we were sharper. We were able to work on some things, address, um, tactically our positioning, our chance creation, how we do that, reestablish that, perfect that. That was a big factor. And then I just think the hunger, you know, the hunger of the guys to finally, you know, get that that win in front of our fans in a Derby match. Um, I think all those things played into us having a good performance and a good result. Last week, you started the week of training focused on the, uh, the messaging of intensity with intelligence. Did you get what you wanted from the group on Friday in that regard? 
yeah, yeah. I think uh, we've had some games where we had good intensity, but you know our intelligence, when to press, when to attack, you know when to keep, all those things, those decisions. I think that's where we were falling short a little bit was in the decision making and the organization. We've had some other games where we're pretty organized, but we need a little bit more intensity. So I, I feel like as simple as it's as simple as it sounds, if we can get both going, play with intensity, but have a good intelligence in our organization, our decision making, when to press, when to hold, where to press, um, when to counter, when to keep the ball, um, when we have the ball, how are we creating chances? You know, that clarity I think is really key and it's hard to get when you don't have training and you're doing shadow play and you're rotating guys in and you're playing these windows. If you asked every coach in the league, they'd probably tell you a similar story. It's a very unique season, the rhythm of it, the lack of training of it, the compacted windows. And if you're one of the teams like us that's taken injuries, you know, it makes it even more difficult because those connections, continuity aren't there where you can just roll with a group without training. And then when you have to rotate, you're rotating to your third string or fourth versus your second string. So your level is not going to be as high. And that's kind of been the story for us a little bit, you know, when you look at, you know, kind of what's happened the last month. But we're hoping we can come out of this. You know, I'd love to start the same lineup two games in a row. But here we are again with two guys out for international duty. So I, I couldn't do that this week. But I'm. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when I can I can reward a group of 11 and play the same exact group the next game. With head coach Caleb Porter on Inside the Crew, glad you're with us. Just a couple of more questions, coach. Um, with the schedule being uh, so late in the year, the season starting late, games shifting, September's the new August for Major League Soccer this year in the sense that in my experience, and certainly you can speak to this, teams that have found good form in mid to late August are typically teams who are showing up in the postseason. Well, if September's the new August, you still have time to do that starting tomorrow. Yeah, I actually think the last six games is when you want to find your your best form. Uh-huh. You know, I, so I don't know a months or or anything like that, but. I always feel like if you can find your form in the last six games, um, obviously you need to get enough results prior to that. But, uh, you know, I I remind people that we snuck into the third seed last year. You know, we were the fifth fifth and fourth seed. Um, We had lost at Orlando, second to last game of the year, if you remember, Mm -hmm. up a man. And we gave away a goal and we turned around. We beat Atlanta at home and snuck into the third seed, and then we won every game from there. Um, Portland, when we won the MLS Cup, uh, we won the last two games of the year prior prior to that. We had lost two in a row, and we were outside the playoff picture. We won the last two games of the year, and then we won five straight to win MLS Cup. So there's an art to peaking, and I don't think it happens till the last six games. Okay, good. Well, that's that's positive for everybody then. We've got plenty of time to uh, get to those last six games. You have said publicly you hate to lose more than you love to win. Uh, that that said, though, how significant was Friday's victory? And um, 
you know, can can you get past the hate of those six losses and and really love that that win on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I'm a competitor again, and I'm not used to losing, and right. never gonna get used to it. The day I get used to losing is the day I stop coaching. Um, never gonna like it. Never gonna accept it. Never gonna want want it. Um, you know, this was tough. Um, but also, I think you know, it's what fuels you. Really, is is there's no failure. There's just feedback, and you know, you can't take those moments any other way other than let's get better. Um, certainly doesn't feel good during it, um, but I don't know. Let me ask you, Chris, do you want a coach or a player to uh, feel any other way other than bad when they lose? I mean, I think supporters sometimes wonder about that. Um, I can tell you as much as they hurt during a loss, I hurt far worse, yeah. <laughs> far worse. And so the players, and as much as they care, and our supporters are great, they care so much, there's no one that cares more than myself and the players, no one. Um, so no one ever needs to worry about us feeling bad after a loss or not caring. Um, just continue to trust and support what we're doing. And, yeah, of course, you lose. We understand they're not going to be happy. But uh, – you know, eight, eight months ago, we were MLS Cup champions. We know what we're doing. We've had a rough run, injuries. You can make all the excuses you want. We've not made any of them. We've just gone to work. And right now, we need to get wins. We know that. We need to pick it up. And we're going to slowly but surely claw our way out of this hole that we've built. And I'm confident um, that we'll be in a position in the playoffs. Um, we don't need to win every game from here, but we do need to win at least half of them, maybe a few more. All right, maybe a few more starts this weekend, Saturday night against Orlando. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. Head coach Caleb Porter of the Columbus crew. Uh, Two-game road trip, and then Columbus returns back to Lower.com Field on September 14th. They'll face the Red Bulls and celebrate Hispanic Heritage Night. Be a part of the uh, celebration on Tuesday, September 14th at LowerfieldCBus.com. Um, That's where you'll find information on getting tickets for that match. When we come back, we'll talk to Jordan Angeli as we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. And welcome back to Inside the Crew. Glad you're with us. Uh, Jordan Angeli joins us from the beach. We're just going to put it out there. (laughs) She was so happy to end that losing streak and get the victory against Cincinnati. She got on a plane the next morning and she flew to the beach. Yep. Yep. It's family vacation time and... I think, I mean, especially for me, that is the way that I recharge is just being around my family. So it has been a lovely start to the week. And that really started on Friday when we got the big win and then I could enjoy my vacation and have a good time and um, not have to think about what a tough run that was any longer. Right, right. You know, Jordan, it's really funny. Um, Saturday morning, my wife and I are here at the house and we're just laughing and uh-huh. you know just having a good time and kind of poking fun at each other and um I stopped everything and I said can you imagine how much worse our morning would be if we had lost to Cincinnati last night that's yeah I mean that's really where it goes we're not even mm-hmm. and you and I are we're announcers we're right. not you know we're not living and breathing the the tape and the analytics week in and week out 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, and I have a feeling a lot of crew fans probably experience the same sort of uh, sense of relief. Yeah. And it just makes you think why it is. We talked about it a lot either on the broadcast or in this time when we had, when I have been on the radio show is just how difficult it is as a player and why it is so important to remind yourself of who you are, not just the losses. And I think I asked, I asked Arlington Nagby that, like, how do you get through? And he's like, I just remind myself, like, what good of a, I'm a good player and the Mm -hmm. losses don't make me any worse of a player. And so I think they probably felt the same way Saturday morning, waking up thinking, oh, here we go. I'm feeling good. A couple of days off for uh, the players and probably not the staff. Um, where I was just talking to coach Porter in the earlier segment and, you know, he's notorious regardless of the result, notorious for going home and hitting the DVR and watching that game again. And, and he has admitted that at times he has watched a loss twice, you know, so you have the win on Friday night. Maybe he watches it. I don't know when he goes to bed. I have no idea. He's got, you know, family (laughs) to care for the kids were there on, on Friday night. That's how big this was. Um, when all the kids started coming out onto the field from the family area, mm-hmm. um, Caleb was met by his three children. Uh, Pedro's kids came out. Um, try, Darlington's kids Darlington's came out. Kids came out. Yeah. You know, so it was a real. I think it was just welcome back, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got a win, kind of yep. thing. Yes, exactly. It was a good win and dramatic. Yes. Steve Sirk actually put out a really good piece. If you guys haven't read it, go, go check that out on its LinkedIn Twitter, but just about what a big win that was for the crew and uh, monumental in a lot of different ways, but for them to turn the page and know that they need points from now to the end of the season and to start off with a big one at home and a comeback with Miguel Berry getting embraced in back-to-back minutes. I mean, so many things about it were incredible. And so, yeah, a lot to look forward to. And they need a lot of points. They still need a lot of points, but it's, there's a chance. There's a good chance still. Did you feel like um, Lucas Celerayan was maybe invigorated a bit by his time away from the team last week, being able to get distracted by the LA glitz and glamour, the all-star celebration? Yeah, I do think he was. And his free kick goal looked like he was just picking out that 10 target in the MLS all-star skills challenge. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. he couldn't have hit that free kick any better. It was on a postage stamp in the corner of the goal. And I do think it helps just to be around players, especially in that skills challenge. Like those are very like-minded players in the sense that not every player on the team can be a piano player, right? There's piano players and there's piano carriers. There's players that have to do the hard work and there's players that get to do the beautiful work. And when you're around those players who are piano players and just have this beauty about the way that they play, it can invigorate you. And I think that he used that skill challenge as a little bit of a a boost, Mm -hmm. um, And kind of like what I just said about Darlington, it was a good reminder for Lucas how good he is. And, you know, there was an article came out a few weeks ago and I, I doubt he reads these, but just about his ineffectiveness on the dribble. And it wasn't as if he didn't lose the ball a lot in the game against Cincinnati because Lucas needs to have the the ability to lose the ball. He needs the ball at his feet. And if he loses it, that's okay. Because a lot of the times he loses it in a place where then the crew can win it back. 
in a counter press or high press situation. I think he lost the ball off the top of my head. I I remember it being 29 times possessions lost. That's a lot of possessions lost, but he also was the number one player alongside Jonathan Mensah with most touches with 83. And every time Lucas has gotten the ball more than 70 times a game, touched it, the crew end up, I think they've, they've lost one of those games. He needs the ball. He, and I feel like he floated in a lot of positions that we're used to him floating into and playing a little bit more off the back line and in between the seams. I think it suits him better. And then he can pop wide. He got the ball in the channels a lot too. There was a fluidity about his game that I really felt like he, you could sense his foot was just on the tempo of the game and he could just feel it. Um, he really did so much in the game on Friday that I loved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jordan Angeli is our guest on inside the crew. She'll be on air uh, Saturday night for that game against Orlando with her Bally sports teammates on Bally sports, Ohio. Uh, Lucas is one of those guys who's put up a couple against one team in this uh, season of 2021. He did so against New York city back in May. Jazzy Zardes did that against Chicago and the closer at home or at the, uh, at home at the historic crew stadium. Miguel Barry joins the elite group with two goals against FCC. How much does um, what Miguel is expected to do or Bradley Wright Phillips is expected to do in that nine role is influenced by what Lucas is doing? More than I think we know. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons that Lucas played a little bit farther off the line, especially when BWP was in there is because he can hold the ball a little bit better and he can, be more of that post-up play. So then Lucas can almost come underneath and find whatever pocket it is to play in underneath him. And so I do think that, and I think Miguel Berry has some of the tendencies of BWP, but he is more mobile. He does, he will try to like stretch the back line a little bit more, come a little bit more into midfield where Bradley really wants to get it and connect right on the back line. Like he's not coming too much off the back line. So I think that what Lucas is doing, you know, when you have a player like that, you want to make him have the ability to play where he is best. And so I think, I think both those players did well. I thought BWP did a good job in the game, getting a start and playing a significant amount of minutes. It just was not quite there in the final third in the box, which is his been his bread and butter all his career. Like that's where he has made his money and made his living. And for Miguel Berry, he just recognized the opportunity and he said it to us in the post game. He said, I saw Ramir spill a couple balls. So I knew, and he's, meanwhile, he saw him spill him while he's like right there warming up right on the end line. Like I knew that there would be a chance. And when I saw Pedro tee it up, shooting from distance, I thought, all right, I got to make sure I get in there. And so I think it was just really smart. And, and that's what you want your substitutions to come in is to recognize certain things that are happening and get after it. So I think, yes, they play off of Lucas, but also they have their own personalities that I think just allow Lucas to do different things. Um, I thought it was interesting that when Matan came in in the 75th minute, somewhere like that, we're, we're down mm-hmm. two to one at that point. Uh-huh. And Alex Matan comes in and he tucks in a little bit, but that still allows Pedro Santos lots of room on that left side to just get forward and be dangerous. 
Um, yeah. And then, you know, if he's, if he's combining with Matan, Matan on the dribble goes across the top of the 18 every day, all day. Yes. You know, so oh my gosh. that's kind of a, that's kind of a neat double threat. I kind of like the way that was. I don't know if that's as much a function of those two working through that, or if it's a function of Cincinnati incapable of defending those two on the same side. Yeah, well, I think a little bit, but also the crew uh, switched into a single pivot. And so they put um, Darlington as that single pivot. And when mm-hmm. Matan came in, they changed it to attacking midfielders. So I think that that did allow them to have um, just a different look. So it was Matan and Celerion centrally. And, and because Matan was centrally and he still had Etienne and who was the other winger? Gosh, oh my gosh. Santos, right? Yeah, Santos right. was there. Um, it just overloaded those spaces with really good players. So Matan could go wide. Pedro could come inside. Okay. And it allows for a little bit more fluidity. But I think that single pivot switching to that really was key in the way that the crew pushed for a little bit more opportunities, a few more opportunities late on in the game. Does New York City play that way? New York City FC with James Sands sitting by himself? They, oh gosh, city plays different ways. A lot of the times they do look like they're a single pivot, um, but they play a lot like the crew, not that we don't do this a lot anymore, but we don't do it as much as we did last year. I feel like with bringing one of the holding midfielders into the back line and making a a line of three and then pushing the outside backs forward for um, a number of reasons, there's changes in the holding midfield positions. There's been changes in the outside back positions. You don't have the same player profiles in those positions. So it's a little bit difficult to execute that. Um, But really city plays a four, two, three, one, but it looks like, it looks like a lot of uh, attacking players because they play their wingers really inverted. So it's almost like at times three attacking midfielders right underneath Castellanos. So yes. And no, (laughs) That's a long way to maybe <laughs> is what that is. Um, Jordan Angeli is our guest on Inside the Crew. We're going to go ahead and continue to talk um, players available for head coach Caleb Porter this week and uh, Orlando City on Saturday night as we continue on Inside the Crew. on Inside the Crew. We're glad you're with us. Jordan Angeli joins us tonight from the beach. She went to South Carolina because she wanted to celebrate that big win over Cincinnati on Friday. That's not true. It was a planned family vacation. Yeah, but both. I'll take both, both of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and you deserve it. I mean, um, so you have the water right out. The beach is literally right out your, your back door there. Or is that the front door? Yeah, it's a it's hundred yards away. Oh. And it's it's like, I mean, it's nice. There's a pool. I, I don't want to like make you too jealous, Chris. That's all right. It's I, a nice trip away and the water couldn't be any better. It's just perfect. Spent is, the whole um, day on the beach yesterday, golf today. I'm just like living my life. And oh man, um, <laughs> you're not dealing with any rain as we are in Columbus from Ida, are you? Nope. No, okay. no rain here. All right. Yeah. I think that might go north of us. Yeah. Uh, Coach Porter is probably going to deal with a little bit of uh, residual rain tomorrow morning for training, but um, today's training session was uh, was good. It was uh, last five minutes or so was in a heavy downpour. 
um, but uh, worked on a lot of different things because he's got, you know, a week where some players are coming back from uh, injury, though probably still won't be available because they, you know, I mean, Josh Williams hasn't played for 10 weeks. Uh, Milton Valenzuela has been out, you know, since forever. Two months. Two months. Two months. Yeah. First game of, um, he went down in that game against the Rebs, first game at lower.com. Right. So it's good to see them out there with everybody, not off to the side. Um, Jazzy is probably at least a week and a half out. Um, but more specifically with Milton and with, with Josh is those are two guys who are in spots that you don't want to have to sub and they're typically uh-huh. 90 minute players. Right. And so if they can only give you 55 minutes or, or, or 60, um, you don't want to have to sub out a center back and, and burn, um, a substitute opportunity where you could be bringing in a second attacker or, you know, someone else in the midfield. Uh-huh. So, um, we do expect to see them in the next couple of weeks, uh, fingers crossed that their fitness continues to progress. Uh, we will have Liam Frazier off with the Canadians this week for international duty. Jonathan Menz has been called back by Ghana. So I I'm actually really happy yeah. for, for Jonathan. I know that means a lot to him. Um, and I'm sure it was tough for him to say, Oh, geez, should I go or stay? But, um, I, this is a, an opportunity he hasn't had for a couple of years. So it's great for yeah. him to go. And it's big, big games. You know, this yeah. is the time that you, not that you are ever not excited to go represent your country, right? That is just such an honor, but to represent them in world cup qualifying is humongous yeah and to have those opportunities are really important and um lead to we saw it the boost from players coming back from gold cup and how confident they were coming back and yeah the results didn't go the cruise way in those games but it's not as if those players didn't show that that boost from international play and playing for your national team and getting chosen isn't important so yeah and we you know we talk about how key Jonathan Mensa is and his being the captain and being such a positive influence. And you're just happy for him to get the opportunity to go back and and represent his country. So you go Jonah. Yeah. We're extremely happy for him. Plus he's a great guy in the locker room. He's been to two world cups. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you want that seniority in the locker room if you're trying to find success. Uh, Speaking of um, guys away, Pedro Galisi, the goalkeeper for uh, Orlando and Sebastian Mendez, one of the midfielders from Ecuador, both of those guys are away this weekend too. So, um, I don't Not know. Not full teams. You know, huh? Not full teams for either team. Exactly. They don't exactly. have full rosters. Yeah. Uh, but you like Orlando. I do. Yeah. I, I think that this, they're a really good squad and what they've done under Oscar Pereja in the last couple of sh- years just shows you why he's such a solid MLS coach is he has come in He's established an identity and they have played very well in that identity. And I think they've been hit as a lot of teams have this year of uh, maybe starting out well and then struggling in the middle of the season, that middle third of season to really get the results that they feel like they, they wanted to. I mean, the number of one, one draws that they've had over the last couple of months has been incredible. And so I remember this team and what they can do from last year and, they were putting at least two goals up on every single team and they don't have very many, you know, they have a lot of the same players and 
you know that you always are going to get a, a high performance from Nani. Daryl DK is still around and um, the ability that he has to put the ball in the back of the net. And then they have some really solid defenders. And I think their two center backs have done a good job of, uh, you know, it's not as if they're giving up um, a lot of goals minus that game against New York city, but uh, the crew can say the same. They don't give up a ton of goals and you have to give credit to the defense and the two center backs for just organizing really well. And so I do think this is, it's a tough team to play and it's a tough environment at Orlando, just given the conditions and what it's like to play down there. But I do think that the crew have an edge knowing that they can, they've probably played their game against Seattle was, I think some of the best soccer I've seen them play Mm-hmm. this season and then you add in just the ruthlessness of finding a way to get a win I think that sets them up to go in there and it, and compete and get a result I think a point at Orlando is a really big result for the crew can they get a win maybe I, I'm not saying that they can't but I think you go there thinking all right we got to keep this run going and and make sure we come back with something Orlando and Columbus are uh in the bottom five in total shots in the league, uh, Columbus is tied for fifth in blocked shots and Orlando is tied for first. So um, going to be a lot of blocking and not a lot of shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. not true. Because actually the offensive numbers improved this past week yeah. uh, for Columbus, given the confidence coming out of Cincinnati, that's got to bode well for the black and gold. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what we were talking about earlier in the the last segment is just Lucas and how he's playing. I think he played some of his best games the last couple of games where he is playing a little bit more free. And that's something that you had mentioned in, in the radio broadcast of these last two national TV games is it seems like it's been heavy on Lucas Celarion. Well, if you're a DP in this league, yeah, the weight is heavy because of everything it's cost to get you there and who you are, you are the playmaker of this league of this team. And so I think for Lucas, it's, I don't know. He's hasn't had to, I can't speak to the teams before, but he hasn't had to carry that weight of, okay, figure out how to help this team win in the midst of a really tough season portion of the season, I should say. And I feel like the way he stepped up in the Seattle game and the Cincinnati game shows that, all right, he's ready to, to carry that weight, but also knows that that weight doesn't have to pull him down, that it can be like, okay, the way I'm going to carry the weight is I'm going to get on the ball more. Right. I'm going to pop up in the right spots. I'm going to continue to work hard defensively and I'm going to help this team create things going forward. So I think they're at a good place going into this game. And, um, I do think they'll continue that trajectory of getting more good opportunities on frame. As I reminded Coach Porter in the last segment, um, Columbus has gotten results in almost half their road games this year, either yes. a draw or a win. So that's you know, a great not, point. Pardon? That's a great point. Yeah. So it's not like the, I mean, I didn't want to say this to him, but it's not like last year, um, you know, where you're, you're like, you're, you're going on the road and, going to Orlando and he brought this up going to Orlando late in that 20 game season. And you just, all you need is a point and you know, you can't get anything out of it. So um, should be a better story this weekend. Again, Jordan Angeli with Neil and Brett on uh, Bally sports. That'll be on Saturday night. We'll be on the radio. Jordan, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. Thanks nice. a lot for being with us.
Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, Jordan Angeli wrapping things up for us tonight. Uh, one quick reminder about crew gear available at the uh, crew shop, which is on the southeast side of lower.com field. It's open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 6 and Saturday from 10 to 5. And you can shop online at columbussoccershop.com for all of your black and gold needs. On the road against Orlando, that's the next game for Columbus. We'll have the coverage for you here on 97.1 The Fan on Saturday night. Free game show 715, kickoff 730. This is Inside the Crew.